Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 99, and the subject matter is don't be bullied. Don't let the world bully you. Stop being afraid. And so let's start with a prayer first. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, you instructed the hearts of thy faithful by the light of thy Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit to have right judgment in all things and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, let this podcast episode strengthen the faith of many and strengthen the courage to stand up in this time of fear and persecution. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. All right. So I'm going to read to you a passage here uh, from uh, St. Matthew's Gospel. It's from chapter 24. And starting from verse 9 down to verse 14, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why did I read this passage? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about all this bullying going around, this cancel culture, this thing that's happening with a bunch of people uh, going around, trying to make people ashamed for what they believe, trying to make people ashamed because of their political leanings or your, your, your moral beliefs, because you vote according to your moral beliefs, you vote according to your conscience, because you want to live in a moral world, in a world that is pro-life, in a world that is pro-traditional marriage, in a world that um, where you can practice your faith without fear. I'm getting tired of it. And I think you should too. And I think all of you, and I mean myself personally, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I'm getting tired. Everybody's going around and saying, oh, you're racist. Oh, because you hold to these beliefs. Oh, you're intolerant because you hold to these beliefs. You know, I was, I don't know. What is it? A bunch of kids because they were in lockdown, because they missed their 
uh, graduation because they didn't get a chance to celebrate. So what? They got all frustrated and they went around, what, tearing the whole world apart? I mean, seriously. That's, that's, that's what it is? Everybody is scared now because the so-called uh, progressives are going around and they're calling the whole world racist. They're calling the United States. They're, they're, they're attacking people because they're patriotic. It's enough already. And the one thing that bothers me is where in the world is all the conservatives? Where are all the people who are conservative? I mean, seriously, if you're scared today, you're going to be scared tomorrow. And you're going to be scared for the rest of your life. For who knows how long they have taken over every single institution. All right. They took over the education system. All right. And they've had control over it. What? Probably since the late 50s, early 60s. I mean, up to now. And I grew up in the New York City education system. It's not hot. It's a total failure. Okay? I didn't get anything about out of it. All right? It's it's a nothing more but a handicap system. I mean, there if you think today it's I mean today I I mean I don't know how how any kid can get through it. Everybody is telling you you should question your identity, question your sexuality, question your gender. Um, if you're a white kid, you got, you're, you're a persecutor, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're, you know, you have, you have uh, white privilege. I don't know what that, where that comes from. I mean, seriously, white privilege, you should go to Saudi Arabia. You'll see privilege. All right. What about the Saudi princes? They're born practically with a, with a golden spoon in their mouth. All right, they're all they're born rich. That's privilege. They each some of them get get even their own uh, cruise ship, just their own, their own mansion floating on water. You should check that out. And you want to talk about racism? Go there. All right. I mean, they got people coming in from India, from the Philippines, from Africa, and they're living like cockroaches. In Saudi Arabia. Check it out there. If you are not a Saudi, if you are not born in that country, even if you are an Arab from places like Egypt or other countries, you are treated like garbage. Go to the Arab Emirates and you will see the same thing. I mean, you have to really come in and you have to really have connections in, 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 in that world. Over here, you can come here from, from places like India. You can come from the Philippines. And I've seen Filipino people. They're hardworking people. And I've seen people from Africa. I know friends from Africa. And they're hardworking people. And they did fantastic for their, for their family. All right? And they did, and did a fantastic job. People from China come here and they work really hard. All right? 
It's true that some people go have to really work hard around the system. They work through the system, around the system. You know, there's some ridiculous regulations, and they do fantastic. But now, we live in a world now where they're actually segregating us even more. You're getting segregated. Seriously, go to that place, which now changed its name. It was the Chaz in Seattle. They got segregated farms now, according to your oppression, according to your racial background and how much you've been oppressed. That's the world they want to create. The communist, socialist, progressive view, the modernist view, does not believe that anything is true. They don't believe that there is anything that is standard. They don't believe in anything that is uh, inherently true. This, this, this is the modernist basically constantly changes the truth. He doesn't believe that truth is constant. To them, they believe the truth is fluid. It can be whatever you want it to be, anytime, any place. What's true yesterday doesn't have to be true today. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be true tomorrow. You can say whatever it is and, that is, and that's the way it's going to be. Because they need that wiggle room constantly. All right, the Supreme Court just passed a bill about transgenderism, which is a can of worms, all right, because it can be whatever that person can say what they want it to be. They don't know what they're talking about, but guess what? We're going to see a lot of lawsuits, and it's going to be hurting a lot of uh, businesses owned by Christians, and it's going to be hurting a lot of people I would say Jews and probably Muslims. Okay? There's going to be a lot of nonsense going on there. And notice they passed it while everybody else has been distracted with all the madness going around. Okay, racism is a mortal sin. Hating somebody because of the color of their skin or the shape of their eyes, or the language they speak, is a mortal sin. It goes against the very dignity of the image of God that is in your fellow human being. Every Christian knows this. But they are now taking it and they're changing it around. Everything that happened in 1964 from the civil rights era and Martin Luther King, they're taking it apart. Okay? What happened with George Floyd was wicked. The man, the man did not deserve that. But George Floyd was not a saint either. Okay? What happened in Georgia was unfortunate. But the man himself also had a long track record of, of, of criminal behavior. Shelby Steele, uh, an African-American um, who has a, a long history, I believe, in civil rights, and he's a philosopher, um, said that, unfortunately, 
the activists love to go below the bottom of the denominator. They don't, they don't go for the best in society. They take an unfortunate incident with a with an individual who has a criminal behavior and a criminal past, and then they elevate the person and make the person into um, something, into a saint, into a Martin Luther King, in into in, in into a symbol, which is also counterproductive to the morale of African Americans and other minorities. I know I, I, I'm paraphrasing it, but I've heard him repeat this over and over again. He's been on several um, uh, news platforms, and I even watched a YouTube video with him. It's, he's a fantastic individual, but nobody pays attention to these people. We have some fantastic, moral, good, intelligent, wise people, and the media, the, the media ignores them ignores them it doesn't because they don't like the fact that they're saying something that goes against their theme now yeah president trump could have done better he could have done better he could have done better in the last few months maybe you know i believe he could have but at the same time i think anything he said and he said things he's he said things that were positive the other side of the platform is always going to go against him, regardless what he said, because they say he doesn't deserve it. There are, there are, there are people on the other side are going to fight him no matter what he says. Look, he's not a perfect man. He's a real human being, a real person with a checkered past like all of us. But I'd rather go with him then let's say go with the other side, which I believe is is slowly taking away my freedom of speech and slowly going to violate my, my freedom of religion, my right to practice my faith. They did that already. They took away my right to go to church and the bishops have betrayed, honestly have disappointed me. I am disappointed with them. They have really hurt um, Catholics. They've abandoned, they, they've abandoned us. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to put money in that basket. I believe all of you should do this. I think we all should do this. Make a copy of, of a bill, uh, Xerox it, and write on, write on the paper, no dogma, no faith, no creed, no sacraments, no truth, no money. Fold it up, put it in that basket. Put it in that basket. You can't let things go back to normal. Things are not going to go back to normal. They caved in this time. They will cave in again. They caved in already half a century ago with Vatican II. They let pedophiles go by. They let politicians hijack the church, hijack the faith. They aligned themselves with Judas Iscariot, with Caesars, with Pontius Pilate. They handed our, our Lord over. What's happened to ancient Israel is happening again in this church. The church herself is the bride of Christ. I will always be a Catholic. But these men have become high priests and Pharisees. They don't love our Lord. Okay? You have someone like Archbishop Wilton Gregory, 
who lied right on you know right in the media right in the in in, in the spotlight attacks the president because he went to the John St. St. John Paul II memorial like he didn't know he was you know that was going to happen he was invited about a week earlier by the white house and declined the correspondence has come out all right i was going to do a podcast about this but so much other news was coming out it was difficult to keep up with it he lied all right he he right in he lied when the correspondence was out there between him and the White House. All right? I don't like people like that. I'm sorry. You're supposed to be a shepherd. You are held in a much more higher accountability. The president's held in accountability. So is this, this shepherd in the church. And this man also covered um, McCarrick, the former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. He covered a pedophile and a rapist. So he has no respect in front of my eyes. He has no right to be to occupy that position. Many of our bishops have played the game. All right, it's it's ridiculous. That's it. it you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to my faith. I'm gonna stand with Christ. I'm gonna stand with His Church, but I am not gonna stand with these men. Now I know. Uh, I was listening to some numbers. Uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall was talking about uh, President Trump's numbers uh, going down a little bit. That he's lost suburban housewives that um but at the same time his numbers are pretty high a lot of people uh bought a lot of tickets and uh to go to the uh rally in in tulsa oklahoma so we'll see what happens there but yes he he needs to do better he needs to do better to communicate to the um to people he needs to, I think, really put his foot down with this with this problem going on. But I don't think this this whole thing. I don't believe it was all by pure chance. Everything. There's a lot of there's a lot of movers and shakers in the world, and there's a lot of people who are pushing really hard for this uh, globalist government, and they they can't do it. They can't achieve it uh, with the United States being um uh being being what's happening what's going on and i think it's also because there's a lot of disappointment for the fact of the brexit the uh, brexit with england and the fact that uh, a lot of nationalism is going around there's a lot there's many people out there that really want to change everything okay what what we're seeing now with um, all these people, these protests, they're all organized. They're all organized. Uh, the Antifa people are not a joke. They're organized. They're, 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 they've been around for a long time and they're trained and they're organized. Uh, seeing what's happening with police is, you know, uh, the attack on the police officers uh, and everything. Um, well, what do you think they're going to replace it with? They're going to replace it with cultural police. It's already happening. Cancel culture. And and that's and the reason why they can do this is because people let them intimidate. Now, I 
I'm a strong. Um, um, I have I have a very strong devotion um, to T- Saint Thomas More, because Thomas More represents the average citizen to me who had to stand up to persecution with Henry VIII. I I, I know I've told you about the stories several times with Saint Thomas More and Saint John Fisher, but there are many other stories that almost are similar. We can't let them intimidate us. We can't let them intimidate us. We can't let them intimidate us. You're going to hear some noise in the background. I have the window open. Sorry. But we can't let them do this. People are afraid. They're afraid that they're going to lose their job. We have what's called freedom of speech. We have, we have the Bill of Rights. I know it's not that easy. Jobs can't do that to you. They, they, they're not supposed to do that to you. And I know it's easier said than done. Timothy Gordon, who used to be on Dr. Taylor Marshall's show, lives in California, Catholic school teacher. He actually studied to be a lawyer. Uh, he knows a lot about American history, philosophy. Uh, fin- no, I think he's a fantastic person. He wrote uh, Catholic Republic and he wrote a new book, which I can't remember the title right now. He got fired from his job because on Twitter he said something about BLM, Black Lives Matter. And they actually went after him. Uh, and the bishop, the archbishop, or I don't know if he's a cardinal, fired him, let him go from his Catholic school job. This is a man who has children, several, uh, I believe five children, I believe. He has one daughter who is a special needs child, and she had an operation recently. And now he's lost his uh, health care. The bishop didn't stand by him. The bishop let him go, which says to me the bishop has been wanting to go after him for a long time. He was, he was just waiting for the opportunity. And I can't believe it. I, I, I mean, I, I, mean I, should, I shouldn't be surprised, but it happened. They actually fired this man. They let this man go. Without a single thought, they let him go because simply from the mere fact that he spoke up about an organization which everybody has a right to speak up. They let the man go. They let him go. I am I, I can't be, I can't believe it. I shouldn't be surprised. But the bishop did not stand by him. Now, what I said earlier, and what I'm saying now, you can see. It's a constant, constant repetitive thing. Remember about, uh, I mentioned about the father with his little boy in Ohio that the priest called the cops on him because he wouldn't wear a mask. Okay, yes, you can argue about that part, but to call the cops on your parishioner, to call the cops on a man who's in church with his little boy. That's really messed up. Seriously messed up. I want to read to you Acts 25, at least some of it. All right. Paul appeals to Caesar. Now, when Festus, that's the Roman governor, had come into his province after three days, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. 
and the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they urged him, asking as a favor, to have the man sent to Jerusalem, planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea and that he himself intended to go there shortly. So, said he, let the men of authority among you go down with me, and if there is anything wrong about the man, let them accuse him. When he had stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. And when he had come, the Jews had gone down from Jerusalem, stood about him, bringing against him many serious charges, which they could not prove. Paul said in his defense, Neither against the Jew, the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I offended at all. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem? and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong. As you know, as you know very well, if then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing in their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his counsel, answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You notice Paul knew his rights as a Roman citizen. St. Paul was a Roman citizen. And Paul appealed to Caesar. As a Roman citizen, he appealed to be heard because it was his right as a Roman citizen. All right. What did I read to you before? That we shall be brought before tribunals. We shall be brought, charges will be brought against us. We will be forced to stand up for our faith. Our Lord said this. Okay. This is something we as Christians have to endure. We have to go through. It's part of our life. It's We're not meant to have an easy life. I know some people don't want to think this way, but we have to face persecution and we have to stand up. If you have kids, know this. What you choose when you go in that November and if you vote out of fear because of the cancel culture, know very well you're, give, you're, giving a world, you're giving a world to your children where they're going to be living in fear. Your faith and what you want to pass down to them, they don't stand a chance. Okay, they don't stand a chance because if they knew you lived in fear, they're going to live in fear they may easily give up being a Catholic or give up being believing in Christ totally. If, if, I mean, as a Christian, they'll abandon their faith. Living in fear and acting and voting out of fear, well, you're going to be afraid for the rest of your life. All right? 
What did our Lord say? Fear not the one who destroys the body, but fear the one who destroys both body and, and soul. In other words, you know, being facing judgment day, all right, every action, every thought, every way, the way we think, all right, we're going to, we're going to be judged. Fear God more. I'll show you some other passage. St. Peter and St. John before the council. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of, of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, the ruler, their rulers and the elders and the scribes were, were gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we were being examined today concerning a good deed done to a cripple, by what means this man has been healed, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you, before you well. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, but, but which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they wondered and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the seeing the uh, the men that they had been healed, the man that had been healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to go out uh, aside out of the council, they conferred with one another, saying, "What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is manifested to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it." But in order that it may be may may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to say to to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, "Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard." And when they had uh, further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all men praised God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. All right, I might have jumbled up a little in the end, but you can see that the boldness of the apostles. All right, I'm sure they were scared. But notice that these high and mighty uh, rulers looked down upon them 
even though they were speaking boldly and with confidence and, and with sophistication, they saw them still as uh, beneath them. They looked at them as uneducated. It's the same thing with the left. They always, always attack uh, devout practicing Christians as ignorant. All right. They always got to look down upon them, snub their nose upon them. And the problem is, I think this is the failure of conservatives. We let them take the high ground, as I said before. And a lot of us, because a lot of, a lot of people, especially among certain other groups, have developed a great distrust for higher education because of the fear of losing their faith. And this is something we can't do anymore. We have to take back the culture. We have to take it back from this, from this ridiculous group of people that have now dominated the entire media. One thing I have to say that has improved is that there's a lot more Christians and a lot more practicing people of faith on the internet, especially like in YouTube and in podcasts. Thank, thank the Lord for that. Thank our Lord for that. But what happens if the wrong candidate takes the White House? And I'm going to guarantee you this. I totally agree with Dr. Taylor Marshall. Joe Biden won't remain there for too long. His health is bad. I mean, we've all noticed that. His memory is terrible. What happens if he resigns? He's going to pass it down to, the, to his VP. Nothing against the idea of a, of a woman. But we all seen the candidate that Donald Trump went against, Hillary Clinton. Well, what makes you think that Joe Biden won't... won't I mean, he's going he's gonna to take a candidate... And he's going to choose it to be a woman of color. Nothing wrong with that. But it's her policies, her politics, and her ideology that I fear. Okay? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But he is going to, like Taylor Marshall said, he's going to pass it down as the old white, old male guard passing the, the baton down to the next new world. All right, that's what it's going to be. And he's right. He's totally right about that. And it's going to be someone that you, I'm guaranteeing you that we're all going to, we're all going to realize, okay, that's it. It'll, it'll probably be, I mean, people of faith are going to be persecuted. It's the ideology of this person I fear. It's the very ideology. They want to take away our Bill of Rights. They're going to take away our freedom of speech. If you've heard Google and YouTube and Facebook, they have, they're, they're very hostile towards uh, people of faith. They're very hostile towards conservatives, all right, like Prager University. And even someone like Tim Poole, who has his own podcast, his own YouTube channel, all right, a lot of things he says has been suppressed. Now, what happens? We're all going to see our rights violated. Okay, they're going to call us uh, a lot of things. They're going to say that you know we're we're negative. We're going to say it's just it's just bad. All I'm telling you guys is, hold on to your faith. Stand up for what you believe. I'm not saying go into people's faces. 
you know, just don't let them destroy what you believe. And don't don't be scared in November. All right? Yes, I'm going to say it. Vote for Donald Trump. You have to vote for Donald Trump. But all right, don't don't let them take don't let them make you afraid. Do not be afraid. Look, we have he's not a perfect man. Yes. I we all can see that. But I'd rather take my chances with him. And I really honestly believe that those of us as Catholics, we got to pray that rosary. Yes, we have to pray that rosary. We have to pray the rosary and we have to pray also that people of faith come out. We have to organize ourselves. And I do believe there should be pro there should be protests telling um, the, the media, telling those people out there that, Amer- that there are some of us still who believe in America, who believe what America stands for. All right. I mean, seriously. In Brazil, there's no freedom of speech. In some countries, there's no freedom of speech. If you say something that is offensive, you get arrested. In this country, you can say some really disgusting, offensive things, and it could still be your right. But, you know, I don't trust these people, and I don't want people to be afraid. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of being told that what I believe is wrong. Okay, it has to it has to end. This can't continue. All right. At one time, believe and let live, you know, you know, live and let live was was the probably the mantra. But it's no longer like that now. Um, Dr. Ravi Zechariah, may he rest in peace, um, was a um, from India. He was a Christian. He wasn't a Catholic, but he was but he was a fantastic apologist. His his apologetics was great and subject matter was brought up about homosexuality and Christians and why, and the person was asking, are Christians afraid of homosexuals? And he answered that, you know, look, this is the problem. He gave three examples. I'll try hard not to botch it up. One was, um, the, the, the idea and belief that uh, theonomos, I think of the it's a Greek word for God and law, the law of God. And another way was um, the belief of you know the you know the um, God and through natural law, natural law. You know because God created natural law and therefore God also gave the law to man. Uh, the second one was theocratic. I think what he means is I could be wrong, but I, I remember the words. The few on top who rule the many below is what you see in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, a, a religious authority, a few on top who tell everybody in the bottom uh, the rules of prayer, fasting, and other other practices. Then there is the autonomous, the autonomous being, self-governing. The individual governs him or herself. And this was um, basically, in many ways, is that almost what Americans believe, but there's also a problem because there's also, we, we, we still have laws, but the individual, by their own right, personal right, can decide what kind of lifestyle they want to live. 
even if it's an opposition to, let's say, your neighbor who could be a Christian. Okay? Both are autonomous. Let's pretend we live in the world where we self-govern ourselves. But here's the problem. Uh, you know, you, you don't like the fact, you feel that the person who doesn't agree with your lifestyle and finds your lifestyle offensive, even though you have a right to practice your lifestyle, eventually you your so-called self-autonomy becomes the majority and then you come and take and you want to take the rights away the autonomy of the, of the other person the christian so what happens what happens when you decide your autonomy should be dominant and should go against it? because then now we now we have uh the majority or let's say a small minority a theocratic in other words the people if i i could be wrong about the word but the point is the many the few rule over the many and that is the problem what what we have now they deciding that they don't like our way of lifestyle so they're going to come after a baker who's a christian baker they're going to go after catholic universities and school they're going to go to go to after other christian businesses and they're going to say you have to yield bend the knee to my lifestyle and that's where the problem begins and the, and, and because we're silent today your silence is going to cost you tomorrow all right and it will cost your children and it will cost the next generation we can't do that anymore i know sorry yes the window's open hold on Yes, that was someone riding his motorcycle. Yes, the point is, is that we can't do this. Stop, stop being afraid. We have to stop being afraid. All of us have to stop being afraid. I'm going to end it here. Let's say a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'll say in our Father, then a Hail Mary. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Heavenly Father, please send forth your Holy Spirit that all Christians in the name of Jesus Christ may be strengthened with great faith and zeal and not be afraid. Please, Heavenly Father, strengthen us. We need, we need the Holy Spirit so we can stop being afraid, so we can be strong in our faith. I pray this for all Catholic and Protestant, everyone who proclaims the name of Jesus, to please strengthen your church on earth with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray this, and we also ask for the intercession of Our Lady, the Mother of Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless, and we'll be together again soon. Uh, just to let you know, uh, I have a YouTube channel with the same name. Uh, I only have two episodes, but if you could go on there and check it out and also subscribe and share. 
that's important. We have to let YouTube and we have to let the podcast people know that this is what we want. Um, this is important to me because I want to give back to everyone. And there should be more, more, more people like you doing this. Anyone out there, if you want to do it, you know, you got to think about it. You got to really, uh, you know, just really go out there and just do it. All right, just do it. And it's important that you keep reading Christian material. You keep reading the gospel. You keep reading the scriptures. You keep praying because that's what it is. It's just a small moment of your time. And remember, we can strengthen each other like this. We need to do this. So uh, if you can check out the YouTube channel, The Informed Catholic, and share it with other people and share this podcast with your friends and family. All right, we need to do this. Remember, uh, November's coming and we got to stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. You're at work and someone challenges you. You say to the person, look, this is still America. I have a right to believe what I want to believe. You have a right to believe what you want to believe. Okay. And if you are so insistent that you don't like what I believe, what does it say about you? That you are arguing with people and calling people names who disagree with you. How you treat people who, who uh, disagree with you says a lot about you as a human being. It says a lot about your insecurity. All right. And, you know, listen, we just have to stand up. We have to. Anyway, I'm going to end it here and I'll get back to you again later on soon. God bless.